Hello, dear listeners. You are listening to The Gift of Gab with Karen D. Adams. We are honored to have our guest today, author Irish Jean Benton, who has written four books to inspire and encourage those who have endured domestic violence and abusive relationships by sharing her own story. She has gone on to win the 2018 Queen City Award for Author of the Year with her bestseller, Breaking His Silence. And in 2019, she won a Community Service Award from the Gospel Image Awards for her outstanding service to victims and survivors of domestic violence. I have had the privilege to have a conversation with Irish discussing her latest book, You Survived the Toxic Relationships, Congratulations, Now What? If you are in a toxic relationship or know someone who is, this is the episode you have been waiting for. So with no other further ado, I introduce to you author Irish Jean Benton. Welcome to the show, our amazing guest and author, Irish J. Benton. Hello. How are you today? I am doing well, Karen. Thank you for asking. And I hope that you and your audience are doing well tonight. Yes, ma'am. I couldn't be better. I am so grateful to have you on our show today. I am looking so forward to our conversation. So let's get right into it. You have penned several books on the subject of domestic violence. Briefly, tell our listeners your why when it comes to domestic violence and toxic relationships. Well, Karen, first and foremost, thank you so much for inviting me to your platform to have this much needed conversation. I like that. It's not an interview. It is a conversation. It is a conversation that must be held at every table. So my why is because I am a survivor. Um, I am a formal victim of domestic violence. And do take note that I said pharma. I was in domestic violence for almost 14, 15 years of my life. Um, My very first book, Karen, was called Breaking His Silence. And in that book, I detail and I pin every experience that I suffered uh, with two abusers. One would begin with my Uh, ex-husband. He would be named Nicholas in the book, Breaking His Silence. And then I would meet someone on my job. In fact, I'm still currently working that job, but the abuser is no longer there. Um, But I would meet this person that I was confiding in, someone that um, was giving me somewhat some emotional support and one thing turns into another and the next thing I know he becomes my lover 
And then he becomes my second abuser. Um, and his name is Devin in the first book. So my why is because domestic violence is so broad, it just is so much more than just physical. Whenever people hear domestic violence, uh, particularly the word violence, you automatically think it is physical. Um, but it is so much broader than that. Yes, it is physical, but then there is the emotional abuse. There is um, uh, financial abuse. There is mental abuse. Uh, there is sexual abuse. There is so many avenues under that umbrella of domestic violence that it's just not narrowed down to the physical. Yes, I experienced every level of domestic violence that you can think of i have been i have been beaten i have been strangled i have been mentally abused i have been emotionally abused and those are very different um mental abuse can look like gaslighting like somebody can literally um you know we're hearing a lot of uh, this term karen and, and to you guys listening um you've heard of the term narcissist Yes. So narcissist is a big term out there now, but you have to be very careful because you can't label every situation or every person as a narcissist. But a narcissist is really a, uh, a term that's being used throughout social media, throughout a lot of conversations. But I will say this. I have had the experiences of being with narcissistic um, abusers. And when I say that, I literally mean these were people when I, uh, who gaslighted me, who made me think that I was crazy. Um, they made me feel like I was worthless, that I wasn't good enough. And also when we talk about narcissistic um, uh, traits, you know, um, these were people that always blamed me for their tactics of abusing me. It was always my fault. It was never them, you know, taking the blame or never them sitting back and saying, hey, you know what, I contributed to this. Hey, you know what, I have a problem. But I was always the one causing the problem. So that's why I can say that I have, in fact, um, dealt with narcissistic um, abusers. And so when we talk about a narcissist, we're talking about a person who is only in love and concerned with themselves. They absolutely have no empathy. They are not empaths. They do not have empathy for the uh, pain or the sufferings, um, the, the mishaps that they cause to people. I chose to pin my story because I realized after writing my story that domestic violence was an epidemic epidemic i thought when the years that i endured it and because i spent a lot of time in isolation a lot of time away from my family and my friends and i was just um around my abusers all the time i was well isolated from the world so in your world when you're isolated um, your world is so small and you think that you're the only person enduring that. And it wasn't until God released me until God set me free that I went outside of this bigger, bigger into this big world 
and put my book out. And then I had so many women and men reaching out to me. And you know what? They said, oh my God, your story sounds like my story. And that's when the light bulb went off. That's when my why light bulb went off. And I said, you know what? I've got to tell my story. I've got to, I've got to be brave. I've got to be fearless um, in telling the truth about domestic violence. So I'm one of those authors, Karen, and into and, and your audience. Um, I'm very authentic. I'm very raw in my writings, but also um, mindful. But I believe, I always say where there is liberty, there's freedom. I believe that telling the truth is what sets people free. So I'm, I'm a writer that I can never write anything without being truthful. I, I don't know how to sugarcoat. I, I don't know how to paint roses over ugliness. Right. I, I don't know how to do that. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm one of those, um, when you encounter me, you're going to read and you're going to hear and you're going to feel the absolute truth of what domestic violence not only look like, but what it feels like. That is my why. Wow. That's that's huge. Um, yeah, there's so many people that are even in toxic relationships because you talk about that as well. But I want to, before we get to the book that we want to talk about, um, I want to ask you about the other two you had dear god is me gene uncut unfiltered unmasked yes yes so um as i mentioned the first book is breaking his silence which is my true testament my true story of my experience with domestic violence how it literally walked into my life without warning (laughs) And then um, after readers read that book, um, so many people kept saying, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. I feel like there's more. Well, to me, there wasn't more. Um, But what I did after um, contemplating and thinking about it, I said, you know what? Maybe there is more. So the more was, let me go back and find out who Irish Jean really is and how she lost her identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like getting to the root of the matter, Karen. Yes. Uh-huh. I had, so Dear God, It's Me, Jean, Uncut, Unfiltered, Unmasked is a part of Breaking His Silence. It's not the sequel, but what it does is it introduces the reader to the real Jean. I'm known by Jean as my friend. So if I'm your friend, Karen, you're going to call me Jean. <laughs> to, to, to the, to the uh, book world, I'm author Irish. But once we get to know each other and we become BFFs and, you know, we hang out, I'm just Jean, you know. Yes. So Dear God, It's Me, Jean is it, it, an open invitation that I invite my readers to see who this chick really is. And then you will discover why I was attracting the wrong type of men into my life. And I kind of give you guys that that hint. You know, it's kind of like a spoiler. I said she lost her identity. Right. Once you lose your identity, you you have no self-reflect. You don't know who you are. You just become anything anybody needs you to be. <laughs> That's right. I, I can attest to that 
I was not a victim of domestic violence, but I was a victim of mental abuse. Yes. And um, I remember looking back at myself while I was still in the situation. And I said, this isn't me. Who, who am I? Who did I become? And when I realized that I had become someone else, even though my mom and my family, they, they saw it, I couldn't see it until one day the light bulb, as you said, it just clicked. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't me. And I had to pull myself out of that situation. And so this is why it's so important for us to talk about this because there are women right now and men right now in in relationships that are toxic and don't want to get out, don't feel like they, or they don't think they need to get out or they don't realize what they're in. Um, So I want uh, just briefly to talk about maybe two or three of the signs that they, so that they can recognize that they're in a toxic relationship. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because as you were talking, I just want to kind of take a minute there and I'll get to those three signs is that when you talked about your mental abuse, it just automatically made me think about what abusers do. Because remember earlier, I talked about the different levels of abuse. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, and one thing about mental abusers is they take their time breaking you down. So they don't just come in and break you down at day one. Right. They study you. They get to know your do's, your don'ts, your likes, your dislikes. They study you. And in studying you, they are calculating. They are calculating just when and how they're going to break you down. And I want people to remember that. Nobody comes into a relationship and day one and they're just, you know, doing the unthinkable things to you. It takes time. It's just like um, one of the things I remember uh, taking a course. It was just like when you boil a pot of water. When you first get your water from the sink, it's cold. I mean, it just depends on, you know, whether it's cold or hot. It hasn't come to the boiling point. It still has to go through the process, right? right? You still have to put it on the stove. You've got to turn the stove on, whether you're using electric or gas, how many, however you heat things, but it takes time for that water to start boiling and get to a point to where you can put your food or whatever it is you're using that boiling water for. So that's the same tactics of uh, these abusers use. It takes time. It's a process for them. But once they get you to the boiling point that's when they start tearing you apart bit by bit pieces by pieces until you literally do not know who you are where you came from you have forgotten all of it because now they have conditioned you they have recreated you and they have conditioned you to fit their bill now That's exactly what they do. Now, three things that you can recognize when you're in a toxic relationship, and it's very simple for me, but when you love somebody, we overlook, we have blinders on, right? We have shields on. And also more than likely, 
because I'm an empath, more than likely, if you are in a toxic relationship, and I want you guys to hear me very well, you are an empath because empaths will tolerate until the very end. Empaths will, they will forgive. They will see it all the way out. They have logic, what they think logic, and they're not logic. So you more than likely are an empath if you are in a long-term toxic, if you've been there a long time in this toxic relationship, you are an empath. Number one, to know that you are in a toxic relationship is knowing that your person controls everything about you. They control how you feel. They control what you think. They control your environment. So just say, Karen, today in my mental mind, I am waking up to think I'm going to have a great day. But when I'm with a toxic person in their mind, they see me. I'm up, I'm cheerful and I'm planning my day. And in, in some instance, they become um, I don't want to use the word jealous, but but they're but remember I said they're calculating. Mm -hmm. So they are already planning how to ruin your day. Mm -hmm. And that is a form of control because they're going to do that. If the toxic person is not having a good day, you better believe you're not going to have a good day. So just know that if the person is controlling, um, and, and there's so many different levels of control, you know, controlling your 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 moves. Uh, controlling who you hang out with, controlling your phone, controlling your money. Um, that's toxic. Yeah. Telling you what you can and cannot do. If you are in a relationship and you're not at liberty, even if you're married, you still should have some time to be able to have time for yourself, right? right? But if you're never able to have just a moment for yourself, you're never able to, you know, go and up. Uh, spend some time with your girlfriends or go out with your guys it's always or they're making you feel bad for leaving them you're in a toxic relationship number one was controlling number two was validation um number three if you are in a relationship and you hate to see that person coming <laughs> yeah. or they hate to see you coming and you just it's toxic it is absolutely toxic because when you are in love and I'm talking about real love, you enjoy each other's company. And, and let's be and let's be realistic. No one relationship is perfect. Nope. Love is patient. It is kind. It is not boastful. It's definitely not violent. So if you do not have a relationship that you can revert back to the scripture then you most likely are in an unhealthy relationship. Those are the three pointers that I would definitely give people tonight. Um, and again, number one, if you're not happy, you know, overall, if you spend more time being miserable, more time crying, more time praying and asking God, why did you give me this person? Why am I in this relationship? Why, 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 why? You are in an unhealthy, toxic relationship. That's right. Okay. I think the scripture you were referring to is 1 Corinthians 13, 48. Yes. yes. That's yes. it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and I would encourage people because see this this is what i love about god when god delivers you from a thing yes you glorify him you honor him so i'm gonna honor god in everything that i write 
everything that I speak, I'm going to honor God in that. So the thing that I want people to remember is you have to ask yourself. The the Bible says God is a good God. He he gives us good and perfect gifts. And that's over in Psalms. Mm -hmm. Um, He says he gives us good and perfect gifts. So if God is a good God and he and he gives and wants to and loves giving us good and perfect gifts, why would he? And I want you to think about this. Not everybody answer it one time. Why would God send you somebody that is not good, that's not bearing good gifts, but are harming you, hurting you, confusing you, uh, mixed signals with you? Why would God, who is loving, faithful, caring, why would he do that? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> He wouldn't. So go back. Go back to to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 8. Read that. Go over the Psalms where it says God is, uh, he gives us good and perfect gifts. Because you know what? The, the, The answer to all of that is we create these monsters. We go out and get into these unhealthy relationships that God never intended for us to be in. In fact, he never even sent the person to you. You found them. You you found them on Facebook uh, dating. You you know went over there to Match.com. You 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 know you in all of these places, and you haven't sought God. You haven't been in prayer. You haven't asked God to send you your mate. So you go out and we we find these people on our own and we create. But you know what, Karen? One one thing I know about God is this: if you are a praying person, and th- this is for everybody I'm talking to. If you are a praying person, I promise you, God will give you discernment before the problem even starts. God will give you a discernment about a person, place, a thing before you even get. And and, and the truth of the matter is uh, we talk about red flags. You know, people give off red flags. But what we do, we omit those red flags because we try to say, oh, well, maybe it was just my vision, my, my tunnel vision. Or, you know, maybe I was looking out my peripheral and I didn't see that correctly. Or or maybe I thought I heard them say this or maybe I thought I saw them do this. No, you saw it and you heard it, but you chose to omit it. You, you wanted to be oblivious to what the Holy Spirit was already showing you to preserve you, to save you, to protect you. You know, there's a saying, God, uh, uh, God's, uh, the rejection is God's protection. See, rejection is a painful thing. We don't want to feel rejected by anybody or anything. And so what we would rather do than to face the pain of rejection is we will deal with that thing. We will just deal with it and deal with it and deal with it. And then at some point, God is like, well, you know what? I I, I don't know what else I can show you. I don't know what else I can tell you because I've given you all the red signs and clues about this toxic person, Mm -hmm. but somehow your lens and your vision seems to be a little bit stronger than God. So you know what? God just step on out the way. (laughs) 
I believe the scripture you are referring to is it uh, every good gift and every perfect gift? Is every perfect book? gift, yes. Okay, that's James chapter 1, verse 17. Oh, and I went over the Psalms. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for clarifying <laughs> that because I definitely went over the Psalms. I wanted to go a little bit further. I want you to talk about the your most recent book. So you survived the toxic relationships. Congratulations. Now what? And then you have uh, seven things that you should do to recreate a healthier you. Now, I don't want you to tell them all. Absolutely. I want people to purchase this book. Yes. I want them to just, just ear hustle and get all the information yes. from this podcast. <laughs> I want them to go and purchase this book, purchase yeah. all your books. And and read it for themselves. They would get more out of it if they yes. if they did that. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is a book that you want to get. This is not something you can you can listen to the podcast, but this is a book that you absolutely want to have in your hands. You want to have it in your life. It's just like a Bible. Uh, now it's not deep like a Bible. Don't get me confused. But what I'm saying is, it is a tool. It is a guidebook that you right. must have. Right. So yeah, you survive the toxic relationships. Congratulations. Now what? So many times we can survive something. We can come out of something. But did you truly overcome it? See, when you overcome, see, you can survive it, but you can still just live in survival mode. Okay. You're always trying to survive something. But when you overcome something, things change. When you overcome, you don't go back into that survival mode. You don't go back to the things you got to keep surviving from. Somebody help me. You don't keep going back to the things you need to survive from. At some point, you got to say, God, I need to be a conqueror. Right. I need to be an overcomer because I don't want to continue to go back and live this kind of lifestyle. So when I was writing this book, Karen, I was thinking I, I had a prisoner in mind. I was thinking about a person that had been locked up for years, decades. When you've been locked up, you become mentally inclined to the inside world of your prison system. Mm -hmm. You're no longer familiar with what's happening out in the world. Your world is in a prison system. In a prison system, you are on lockdown. You are on lockdown until somebody opens the uh, cell. Uh, you are on schedule. You have a scheduled meal. You have uh, scheduled visitation. You have scheduled TV time. You have scheduled outside time. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? So oh, you are in a mental prison system that your mind is conditioned and uh, compatible with now. You're no longer able to walk in freedom. You're no longer able to do what you choose to do. Freedom does not exist in a prison system. So, so when I was writing this book, that's exactly what I thought about. People that survive toxic relationships, and we talked a lot about that earlier in this podcast, but now that I survived it, what in the world am I going to do? So imagine after 20 years of being in prison, you've been put up for parole and your parole has come. And now you've, you've done the work inside the prison system. 
and they feel that you're good enough to be released back out into society and they open that that final gate from the prison system to you and there you are you're standing at a crossroads you don't know to go left right back forth you don't and i often think about the children of israel when they were uh, released from pharaoh Uh, when Pharaoh finally let them go and what did they do in the complaining season? They said, we would have been better off if we would have stayed in Egypt because what was in Egypt? They had food, their, their, their mentality, their prison mentality was back there. Yeah. That prison mentality because everything was structured. So when I come out of the prison system, this is a, this is unfamiliar to me now i'm out here all alone i don't have anybody guarding me i don't have anybody telling me to do this do that do that now i'm out here in this big old world and i have absolutely no idea what my next what i'm gonna do so that's why i said congratulations now what question mark and then i say seven things you should be doing to recreate a healthy you number one is you want to deal with your past you don't want to keep taking your past you don't want to keep taking that baggage and luggage with you we've got to unpack and once we unpack we're going to sort through that luggage and we're going to get rid of things that no longer serve us things that we can't wear anymore things that just are no longer beneficial to us So we have to deal with our past. And once we deal with our past, then we can move forward. Um, I talk about dealing with your emotional health because in order for you to even think about, and this is not, may not even be relationship wise, but in order to create any kind of healthy relationships, you got to be mentally and emotionally stable. So, so, and what that means is because there are going to be things that could be said or done that may trigger you. But when those things trigger you, you, you can't fall apart. How do you handle it now? Mm-hmm. So let's deal with that. I talk about mental, emotional health. Um, even let's let's go a little bit deeper in mental. Um, I mentioned some big celebrities in this book, guys. I talk about Robin Williams. Yeah. I talk about Regina King Hall. Um, and you'll have to get the book if you don't know who these people are. But if you are born in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you may know who Robin Williams is. Right. And definitely if you know anything about Boys in the Hood or 227 or anything Regina King uh, played in, I tell you who she is for those of th- this new era. She's the Cadillac lady. She does all the Cadillac commercials. <laughs> That's Regina King. But uh, in this particular section, as I was writing the book, um, I talked about um, mental illness because that is a big part of when you come out of toxic or or let's just say this, when you're in and you you mentioned it too, Karen, when you're in uh, toxic relationships, your mental capacity is all over the place. And in some cases, uh, unfortunately, there are people that can't handle it and they think of suicide. And so this is why Robin Williams, Regina King, Naomi Judd, uh, in the midst of completing that book, the, the unthinkable happened to Naomi Judd and I had to go back and insert her in there. They all have something in common and read the book to understand what I'm talking about here. Yeah. So and this, if, this mm-hmm. is the part where you were talking about uh, the diff- knowing the difference between mental illness and mental abuse. Absolutely. And, and then you gave 12 examples of mental illness. 
Yes, that's what you're referring to right now. Well, before you go any deeper, there were two things that kind of kind of jumped out at me. The eating problems and anxiety attacks. Whenever you're dealing with mental illness, because these, these are what I call coping mechanisms. Sometimes you overeat. Sometimes you can undereat. These are all how you cope with mental illness. Anxiety is probably should have been on the top list of everything. Anxiety is on the level of stress. And we all know what stress can do to you mentally. Listen, stress can take you out of here. Yes, you can. If, if you don't get a handle on it. So anxiety, worrying, trying to figure this out and trying to figure... One thing I did not mention in this book, and it just really came to me now is that on a scale if you if you weigh your life and you look at everything that's going on in your life half of it don't even have nothing to do with you Mm-mm-mm. it's about something or somebody else that's right. causing you to be ang- have anxiety attacks causing you to be stressed out causing you to be sick in your body causing you to your mind to be conflicted and those people that's doing this to us ain't losing a bit of sleep at night. They, they, in fact, they're in bed thinking how they're gonna make your day worse tomorrow. Oh my god! But then when you go over to emotional health, I'm talking about emotional intelligence, and I want people to study that. Look into research emotional intelligence because you have to learn how to be in control of your emotions in society, in the workplace, in your home, in your wherever your atmosphere is, you have to know how to be emotionally controlled. And who gets to do that? You and I. Because we are letting people attack our emotions and then we go back into that mental conflict mm-hmm. or we're, we're in the hospital sick and, and, and about to be on a deathbed. My God. Now, um, I, one thing I like you that you wrote about, you talked about true happiness. One of the greatest golden rules you must understand is that you is that your true happiness begins within you yeah and it says if you cannot love yourself or be happy with who you are no one else can do that for you nobody 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 listen i want you to think of this um i i love using analogies because analogies just make sense to me Mm-hmm. But I always think about this. Just imagine you having an empty cup. Your cup is empty, but you want to offer somebody a sip of tea, uh, a sip of water. How can you offer anything when your cup is empty? Right. People can only give you what they have. Right. So if all I have is toxicity... If all I know is anger, if all I know is bitterness, if all I know how to do is hurt people because I've been hurt and I never resolved that, what are you going to get from me? You're going to get hurt. You're going to get the bitterness. You're going to get my wrath, my anger. You're going to get 99% of my problems dumped on your 1%. We put too much expectation into people that have no expectation. Mm. If you don't love you, see, listen, when you love you, guess what happens, Karen? 
You set boundaries and you have standards and you're not going to let anybody, I don't care how tall, how good smelling, how I don't care how much money he got in the bank in his pocket, I don't care. But if you do not love me the way I have had to relearn, because we talked about that boiling pot and how these toxic people break you down, then you got to go back and do the work. This is what this book is about. It's, ta it's taking you on a journey to go back and do the self work. So after I have had to relearn that and, and listen, 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 relearning is painful because when you are relearning, when you are trying to unlearn unhealthy behaviors, you get to see a lot of you in that relearning process. And that's, I listened, I just said something because you get to see the ugly sides of you as well. Not just that person, but you get to see the ugly sides of you too. And that's why a lot of people don't like to go through the process. People don't like to be in pain. You know, we want to, you know, we, we, you know, we don't feel good or we get sick and we want something instant. We want something instantly to take that pain away. It might wait. Yeah, that, the microwave generation. Thank you, Karen. We live in a, a instant generation where everything has to be right now, quick, fast, and in a hurry. And when you're doing that, you're missing the process of healing. Because once you allow God to take his time in your healing, then you become whole. Nothing, nothing is lacking. Nothing is broken. Nothing is in pieces. You know what I'm saying? You become whole. And so you're going to expect wholeness to follow. So, you know, we, we just put too much expectations into people who aren't capable. Oh my God. Who are not capable, not capable. of loving you and making you happy. Only you can do that. You know what? That requires you to spend time with you. That requires you to self-love on you. I do a lot of self-care, Karen. Yes, I'm in self-care this week. Even though, I, you know, this was scheduled. But I'm in self-care this week where I'm not even on social media. I, I'm sacrificing social media. I want to spend more time in prayer, more time in the Word. But more so, just more time loving on me. Yes, yes. You know, my self-care, I will go and get a pedicure. I will go and get a manicure. I will go to dinner by myself. I will go to a movie. By Listen, I spend more time here on my couch. <laughs> Me, myself and I in my single one bedroom apartment. And I love watching movies. Yes. I love watching good movies, like you know, old movies. I love uh, the Best Man. I love okay. the Best Man Holiday. I love just any old, you know. Oh, oh, listen, uh, the Color Purple. I can watch over and over and over. Girl, and over. what? <laughs> I love the Color Purple. I mean, it's, just yes, ma'am. You, you know, you know. Yeah, and I and I get my blanket. I get my popcorn or whatever you know my choice is, and I enjoy that. And you know what? For years of being in toxic relationships <clears throat> um, and not having that peace and not having that peace of mind, or if I was trying to enjoy a, a movie and somebody comes and interrupts that mm -hmm. with foolishness right. and now my movie's ruined, now my day's moving, I'll ruin and all I want to do is go uh, lay in the bed and curl up in a knot mm -hmm. or, or go in a corner and, and have a pity party 
And my whole day is where I don't allow people to do that. Now, listen, I tell people, if you follow me on social media, I will cut people off quicker than you can cut a light switch out now. <laughs> I, if I sense it, if I sense toxicity, if I sense drama, if I sense it's not going to be good for me, if it's unhealthy, I have learned to be okay with walking away. And I have learned to be okay with Jean, with Irish. Because I know what I deserve. And I want you guys to get into a place where you know what you deserve. But that is only going to come when you dig deep into you and, and find your true happiness. Find your happiness. Find your peace. And then that is the only way that you will be able to be, be able to pour out to others and for someone to be able to pour into you. Well, Miss Irish, a.k.a. Jean, <laughs> <laughs> I have truly enjoyed our conversation. Yes. Um, you have really opened up my eyes to some things and and um, I am sure our listeners are like on the edge of their seat. Now, I want you to tell our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they buy your books? What social media platforms are you on? How can we find you and get hold of some of your things? Yeah, so absolutely all of my books are available at Amazon.com. You can type in author Irish Benton, and that is I-R-I-S-H. Or you can type in um, just the name of the books we mentioned, Breaking His Silence. Dear God, it's me, Jean, Uncut, Unfiltered, Unmasked. I do have a prayer journal, 40 Days Alone with God, The Moses Experience. And then, of course, the fourth book, You Survived the Toxic Relationship. Congratulations. Now what? All available on Amazon.com. My social media handles I am on Facebook is Irish J. Benton. I am also on Instagram at JeanBenton70. And I am now on TikTok. And I want you guys to really, really follow me if you have a TikTok platform. Um, I am IrishB1970. IrishB1970 on the TikTok platform. So would love for you guys to join me over there. I'm looking for a thousand followers so that I can start going live and start having these conversations um, live on TikTok and be able to answer questions um, and be able to help some people. You're more than welcome. Thank you for listening to The Gift of Gab with your host, Karen D. Adams. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You may find me on any podcast platform. Until next time, peace.